The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation Comic Book Chronicles. Woo! Yeah! Woo. So, <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting night. Uh, I am not Tim D-O-Double-G. I am, of course, Dirt from Pop Culture Network. And I am joined by Mr. Roddy Cat, at Roddy underscore Cat on Twitter. I was trying to think, Twitter, YouTube? No, Twitter. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, YouTube. I don't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're on YouTube. You can tell there's some there's some issues right now. You're staring at this old photo of me from actually from this show, but probably about three years ago or something. Um, my camera is not working tonight. We couldn't get it working, and we just said, you know, forget about it. We'll just jump in and start doing the show live. Uh, we've got no Tim here because he's on uh, getting ready for Baby Patrol. And so, uh, you know, of course, we always wish him the best of luck with that. And Agent Underscore 70 is not with us tonight because he is MIA. Um, I think Deadpool might have got him. We don't know. We're, we're still trying to figure that one out. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Thanos didn't destroy him, you know, to save for the good of the universe. But yeah, uh, took, his, took his account. <laughs> I mean, you never know. But... uh yeah, so according to uh, Matt Wang on Twitter, uh, Agent Underscore 70 was busting out his old Shatterstar cosplay tonight. Uh, so maybe he's out living living large with that. But yes, so uh, this is the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. And um, of course, you can always subscribe on YouTube. You can follow uh, CB Cron or uh, was is it Comic Book Chronicles uh, on Twitter. Well, um, CB Cron is the Twitter is the Twitter site, but you can use the hashtag combo chronicles. If you, if you want to, or, or the hashtag CB cron, if you want to uh, check us out that, that way. There you go. See, you've got all the information. Uh, so uh, you can also find uh, Instagram. You can also find us on uh, Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on. Uh, uh, tune in. Is it tune in radio? Uh, I think we're still on the TuneIn, actually. I'm not sure about that. And I don't even know who's still using TuneIn. But we are on SoundCloud and Google Play and Apple and all that kind of good And iHeartRadio, I think, also. So, I mean, yeah. So there's a lot of lot of places. I mean, just type us in. You'll find us somewhere. So you can always ask. If you find any of us hanging out on Facebook or uh, YouTube or uh, Twitter or whatever, just ask. Say, hey, where can I find the show? And we'll be sure to find you a link. So having uh, done the worst uh, intro to this show in the history of this show, I think maybe it's time we started talking about some comics. So I say we jump right into some reviews. And right. since Agent Underscore 70 is not here, I'm going to start with DC. Because that's where my heart is. That's where my home is. Oh, there you go. So we're going to start. I'm going to start actually with the Superman special. I don't know if uh, anybody else in the world uh, has been reading the uh, Action Comics special and Superman special. Uh, but this is a four ninety nine special book. It it kind of fills the gap while they're waiting for the Bendis Man of Steel series to start. And this special, um, the main it's got one main story and then a couple backups. And the main story is a return to Dinosaur Island, which people have been reading Superman for a couple of years. Uh, there was a story a few years back where 
John and Clark got caught uh, on this. I, I mean, it's this island full of dinosaurs. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's Dinosaur Island. And the uh, World War II fighting team, the losers, were there. And almost all of them uh, were dead. I think the rest of them died while they were there, except for one guy uh, who was left behind. And he basically protected them from the dinosaurs while they escaped through a magic portal. And so now in this special, they decided, hey, you know, you remember that plot thread where they left that guy on that island full of dinosaurs? We should probably do something about that. So this special basically plugs that hole in the storyline. They go back to rescue him from Dinosaur Island and bring him back to modern times. Um, sure. And so that's that's basically the main part of the story. Um, and it is a good, like, it is one of those things where every so often you think, why didn't they go back and save that guy? You know, it's like, it's, I mean, he was, he was there to, to save your life and you just kind of left him there to live with dinosaurs. So, uh, they took care of that problem. Uh, and there's some follow up too, where, uh, he's got dog tags of, uh, the guys that didn't survive and he's returning them. So it's kind of a touching story. Um, it, and it is, uh, you know, it is a good, kind of way to cap off the series really um just kind of finish it off so there's this this little thing we left open now we're going to close it uh the two backup stories are really nothing special um nothing too terribly exciting about them but for the main part the escape from dinosaur island uh that does you know tie back into the series so that's a good thing to have i have questions or at uh-huh. least one question one because I know Dinosaur Island has come up, and I almost called it the Savage Land, but... Right, yeah, actually, that's fair. Um, But, so it was the Losers? The Losers, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Because um, I know of that book, and that's only because of the, the movie. Right, okay, so that was a, uh, like, Vertigo, several years ago, recreated the team, reimagined the team as being a modern-day team instead of a World War II team. For a long time, it was a uh, Joe Kubert book. Gotcha. And okay. so uh, it was one of his, uh, you know, all out war or men of war or all American war stories or, you know, whatever those comics were that he did a billion of. Yeah. Um, the losers were a component of that. And so are they associated with the Blackhawks? Because I could have sworn like the Blackhawks are usually associated with Dinosaur Island. Uh, no, not really. I mean, just kind of that they were all World War II teams. Um, and they, they probably, you know, did a crossover story here or there. Um, but you know, with so many times in the DC universe that they've brought back the Blackhawks, um, they brought back the losers for that Vertigo series, which by the way, was very good. Which is a very good series for Vertigo. And I think I may have bought it, but I never, cause I was wanted to read it before I watched the movie and I never did. And you really don't have to. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's a lot like Red or one of those others where, I mean, sure, it's it's got the same name as the comic and kind of the same, you know, like general plot idea to it, the same feel, but not necessarily an adaptation, you know, straight out of the comic. Hmm. Actually, um, those two Red movies weren't bad either. Oh, I liked them. I liked them a lot. I thought they were great. Um, yeah, they were you know, so. we, got, we got a tweet from Matt Wayne here. Sorry, I got distracted there for a second. That's no problem. That, he tends to do that. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Lang. <laughs> so he says he's three weeks behind, so he's going to hop on later for the news because he doesn't want spoilers from the comics. But we don't do spoilers. What, like, we not, avoid spoilers. Yeah, not intentionally. We <laughs> avoid spoilers. Oh, I just, I just, I tried to write we avoid and it came out we about spoilers. <laughs> 
Like that is the exact opposite thing that I was trying to convey. Right. Well, it depends on whether we're doing movies or not. Movies, and when we get to past that point, then yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, I'm going to set the phone aside and get back to comics. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah. So if you read the Superman series, you definitely want to pick that up to fill that plot hole. Okay, cool. All right, Batman 47, uh, which, by the way, has the creepiest-looking cross-dressed Harley Quinn on the cover, on the variant cover. Uh, the variant cover shows a whole bunch of people at a, at the, at a Batman movie premiere or something, and they're all dressed in costume. And there's a dude dressed as Harley Quinn, and it's just the creepiest-looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've seen people, yeah, that, that, um, that, that uh, cover has been floating around a little bit. So, because they, because I think they did, uh, they put the image of it out. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> in this book, this is the last part of the uh, Booster Gold uh, series. Booster had actually gone back in time and stopped Bruce Wayne's parents from getting murdered, which of course changed the whole time stream. And it was supposed to be to show Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, how the world needed Batman and how the world was terrible, and the world was pretty bad, but he was actually fine with it because his parents were there uh and so booster like tried to uh get catwoman to come in and you know snap him out of it but it turns out that she was crazy as well and so she attacked and killed his parents um and so you know everything just went really wrong in the last issue uh really really bad so here in this issue it's basically trying to figure out how to set the time stream right and um you know, it's Booster Gold, so everything goes wrong, except, boy, it goes wrong. Like, it goes wrong, like, like wrong, wrong. Not wrong as in, like, this is incorrect, but wrong as in, like, oh, my gosh, this is the story that they put in this comic wrong. Uh, like, it gets really dark. Like, the ending of it is really, really dark. And, I mean, if you think about... You know, I mean, Batman was created because his parents got murdered in front of him. That's pretty dark. Um, and this decides, you know what? That's just not dark enough. Let's just go a little bit darker than that. And so that's what they did. And I think the main cover pretty much um, alludes to something, doesn't it? I don't know. I didn't see the main cover. I just have the variant. Okay. I'm looking for the variant now because I might put it up as a cover to uh, to, to the show on a uh on youtube but um because there was a cover and i think i don't know if it was the main cover or not but it was like for for my parents to live booster cole must die or something like oh, that. okay all right well uh that, that's not exactly the plot line but sure. it, you know but still uh yeah it's it, it it's it gets pretty dark um hmm. so anyway that's hmm. one, it, it, but I will say this. I will say this. The past few issues, uh, 45, 46, and now this is Batman 47, th- they've done a, a lot better job of putting actual story in them because uh, that's something I've complained about, again, for a long time, is that it takes you about 30 seconds to read one of these uh, from Tom King because it's just, it, it's so much focused on just panel-to-panel artwork and not a lot of story. Um and even when he does put a lot of like dialogue, it's just conversation. So it doesn't really seem to do much. Uh, but these past few issues have actually had a lot of stuff going on. So I've enjoyed this storyline quite a bit. Um, and I give them a lot of credit for, for putting that together, especially uh, after how disappointed I've been the last few months. 
almost as if they saw you. I mean, saw your your complaints. Yeah, like, well, you know, like I said, Tom King must listen to the show. He's a huge fan of mine, and uh, so it's great great to know I have such wonderful fans working in the industry. Hey, if Tom King does uh, listen or watch this show, please, we would love to have you on. <laughs> but not out there, you know. Just <laughs> throw it out there. Nice. You, you yeah. can message yeah. us on Twitter. Just just send yeah. us a DM. Yeah, you know, our, have our people talk to your people, which our people are us. So there you go. <laughs> so it's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, okay, what else you got? There? All right, my, or- last, my last DC here hmm. uh, will, is uh, Justice League No Justice, number two. And um, I know that Tim uh, Tim Dog read this one, and he actually enjoyed it quite a bit. He actually, this is going to sound crazy, but he actually enjoyed it more than I did because I was a little disappointed in this one. This was, okay, so basically the overall storyline is that Brainiac kidnapped a bunch of heroes and villains, took them to his home planet because these giant robot celestial eternal uh omega prime things are attacking his home planet and he basically says my planet's under attack you guys are going to stop them because if you don't uh, i've programmed them or i've enticed them to go attack earth next so it's like you've got to stop them here and save my planet or your planet's also going to be destroyed basically is what he says and so he breaks them up into these teams and uh the teams are, you know, part hero, part villain based on uh, these different characteristics they're looking for. So one is like uh, the team wisdom and one is like team entropy and one is, uh, I don't know, team glamour. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> two snaps up team. All right. So, um, but the, the problem is like in the first issue, they set everything up. And, you know, Brainiac explains why he's brought him there and explains what these things are and explains how he's got to stop them and explains and explains. And then the issue ends and it's like they got to jump into battle. And you're like, okay, cool. So then you get issue two and you open it up and it's like them arguing for like maybe half the book. Should we really be doing this? Should we really be on these teams? Should we really help him? You know, can we really trust Lex Luthor on this team? Can we really trust Sinestro? Why are we all here? What are we doing here? Can we really stop this thing? Why are we? And it's like, dude, like we just went through all of this stuff in the last issue. Let's just get to it. So it kind of felt like they were stretching things out a little bit. Um, so, like I said, I don't think these teams are going to last beyond this mini series or anything. Uh, it's just kind of a fun little thing for them to do until they start the new series. But, uh, I, I wasn't as hyped for this issue as I was for the last one. The last one I thought was pretty good. Uh, but this one, you know, if the, I mean, if the last one was like a 9 out of 10. This one's like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Just not, like, it's still okay, but just not, you know. Yeah, gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, because I think the last time we talked about it, we there was some allusions to comparisons to Marvel's uh, recent uh, No Surrender event. No, no, no. It's It's their new series that's going on right now. The the comparison was to uh, the new Avengers series that's going on right now. Well, yeah, some of that too with the celestial stuff. Yeah, but I meant the the, the coming of the different uh, teams or whatnot was was kind of the thing. Like, yeah, this is this is oh the, the way they broke them up into different right. Yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, 
but uh, obviously no villains and you know yada 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 but there is still some comparisons to, that could be laid i was thinking i was like wait did they take them to, to battle world and i hate <laughs> i need to stop doing that because it was like okay stop making those kind of comparisons even though it seems blatant or it was that it was like arcade's murder world i don't know one of the two is like okay. well they did go to they did go to brainiac's homeworld and right. we see uh, a character um, who actually appeared in DC Comics in the 90s um, make a reappearance here. And uh, so it's interesting to see that character make his reappearance in the new, the new 52, because uh, we, we are technically still in the new 52 in the rebirth era. Um, and so it was, it was nice to see this character reappear. Uh, and I'm kind of interested to see what they do with him because – He's wearing the uniform that he wore in his old series from the nineties, um, okay. Which which basically denotes a team that, as far as I know, doesn't actually exist in the new fifty two, or at least if it does, we haven't seen it. I so. love how you're around this. Uh, this is that's beautiful. Definitely done. So. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm actually um slightly curious about reading this series. Um. Uh, but I don't just hadn't really gotten around to it because you know comparisons aside, it does seem there's there is some interest in it. I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it's definitely it definitely feels like something different. I mean, I'll give him credit for that. That it doesn't for being a book where it's like, hey, we're going to take a bunch of heroes and villains and force them to work together. They at least found some new dressings to put him in so at least it doesn't feel like it's the same like it's the beyonder and he's forcing everyone to fight or it's arcade and he's forcing them to fight or it's you know that same type of thing because it's not um it's not them forced to fight each other and it's not them forced to be on one big team it's forcing them to team up into different teams um and fight things different ways and the way that they're all you know, grouped together. Uh, and there's even a storyline of what's happening back on earth because there's even a plot of, uh, Amanda Waller, uh, behind on earth and some of the stuff that she's trying to get away with. Uh, and, and green arrow, um, makes an appearance there. So there's at least, you know, uh, a little bit extra going on. So it's, like I said, it's not exactly like it's, you know, a redressing of an old story, uh, just redone in the new it's supposed to be a justice league team coming out of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new book coming. Yeah. Uh, later this summer, uh, I think after the whole Man of Steel thing runs its course, um, and so, uh, but yeah, they've they've shown off the logo online. So if you like, woo, I want to see that logo. You can go uh, do a search for it. You can find that. Sure. Um, but I mean, since we kind of brought it up, we can segue over to the Marvel side. Uh. Oh, yeah, you sure. were well, because I was gonna, I was say we can bring up the the Avengers number two. Yeah, because I got a DC winner, but it's a it's an off thing. We can we can okay. So number two, definitely. So Avengers number two is the Avengers side of them fighting giant celestial eternal Omega Prime space robots, um, which I I didn't realize this was coming out this week. Actually, this one kind of took me by surprise. I forgot this was coming out so soon. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the story, though, I want to say there were several pages in this book or the artwork felt really rushed and I, I i had thought they had switched artists for a couple pages uh mm-hmm. and i don't think that well actually let me double check before i say this before you uh yeah, you start to... writing those angry uh tweets let me double check uh there were two inkers 
two different inkers, but it was the same penciler. Okay. Uh, Ed McGinnis all the way through. But, I mean, there were some of these pages where it was like, John Romita Jr. drew this book? What happened? I don't understand. No, and it was, I don't know if it's the inking or if it was just them trying to rush to keep up with the schedule or what the deal was, but there were some pages where the faces were just kind of, I don't know, like sour beer face. Mm. Uh, you know, I, so. Yeah, I think I get what you're, what, what you're getting at on that one. Because, yeah, I, I didn't notice that. I, like, it wasn't that much to where it put me off completely because obviously there are some times where it's like okay this is completely jarring because you can see where they changed changed artists or whatever the case may be but yeah like i could see what they did so make there was some changes or there were some like you said rushed bits or something but um okay so they they of course uh they have someone narrating the story yes and the person narrating uh all their letters are in green Uh And all their letters are written in a different script. Mm-hmm. And the different script that they're written in happens to be the same script that's used for Thor. And I was about to say, and if you've paid any to, attention to that in the last, you know, a little bit, you already know who it is. Because that's what happened to me. Because I was like, okay, I saw the green lettering, and then I saw the script, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, it, it, you know, it threw me for a loop because I had just uh, read the last issue of uh, Brave and the Bold, not the one that came out this week, but the one that came out before, which is Batman and Wonder Woman in like this Celtic Irish, uh, you know, uh, afterworld or whatever. And uh, so I saw the green and I saw the script and I was like, there's an Irish bad guy in the Marvel universe. Like, is there some evil leprechaun running around here? I forgot about. Uh, Is in the Marvel universe. I was about to say black Tom Cassidy, but he's not a leprechaun. But anyway, yeah, so yeah. It, it threw me off for a second until Thor said something, and then I was like, oh, right, that guy. And actually, now that I think about it, there's a, I just remember from the, the Scarlet Witch series, there was a, um, like a wizard that they brought out that is Irish, so, or he was either Irish or Scottish, I can't remember, and please don't write me on that one, doesn't matter. But yeah, regardless, yeah, we've, so we found out who this, who this narrator is at the end of the story, which I guess if you're doing a story that kind of brings things, quote unquote, back to the beginning, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, Avengers lore. And if you've read free comic book day, I guess you could also kind of make some, you know, make some, oh, you know what? I still haven't read that. I've got it sitting over here in the pile. I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah. I just finished reading it. Cause I read it. Well, I started reading it the day after. And, and then I was like, well, I didn't get a chance to read it. Cause I was going to uh, bring it up on the show. In fact, I think we did anyway. Um, and then I was like, let me go back and finish this because I wanted to see where it was going to end off and then to see, you know, to, to, to see where it's going to tie into this, which kind of starting off, it kind of already says that. But at the same time, it pretty much leads to the events of well, the start of Avengers number one, which obviously that's what it was intended to do. So um, because I was going to see if this was going to bring up anything that was going to play in the long run, which it kind of did and kind of didn't. You know, you get a little bit of back up but you also again get to see who the narrative of the story kind of pop up there all right so having said all of that what do you think of the story (sighs) (laughs) that's always the best way to start isn't it yeah because it's like i I like jason aaron he you know he's done some good stuff but at the same but i'm also still thinking of i don't know why but i'm also still thinking of the fact that he did avx and um which None of that plays into this, but there's a part of that that kind of 
bum me out. Nevertheless, <laughs> for the most part, his track records have been pretty good. Like, um, and this is starting off. It is starting off pretty much like an Avengers story. Like, you know, every time they've they've stopped the book and they brought it back together, and then the, the team kind of gets it back together in their own ways. This kind of seems to be in line with all of that. That's it. The story seems all right. I don't know. It's the whole like, hey, we're fighting Celestials again, but now, you know, this 1 million BC plot's coming into this, which I'm slightly curious about that, even though I had totally forgotten about it up until they started bringing it up for, like, new comic book day and stuff like that. Um, there's also a reference in here that seemed like an offhand reference, but given some of the news that, or at least one or two bits of the news that we've gotten lately, shouldn't couldn't be a coincidence. Um... And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So, no, I'm, I'm lost. So, but it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. So, I, well, yeah. There's there's a reference to a group that hasn't been seen in Eon that are might be coming back into the fold. In the oh, end. okay. Okay. Now I think I know what you're talking about. So that aside, and it's like, okay, you know, I see some things coming to play. But outside, but that, that, all I have to say is, like, I thought this seemed to be pretty decent. Like the whole, like okay, we got these people fighting the celestial. We got these two fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, my biggest problem was that in the last issue they were like, okay, we had three different groups that mm-hmm. went to fight these celestials, and then in this book you get one group, and then you get like the one other guy who made an appearance in the book meeting one, another character, but those two other groups just they're like you see them in one panel where they're like. Oh, those groups are fighting off somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And the one time you see the other group, you know, it's like it's the narrator basically saying they are talking about them and that was it. And like you said, yeah, you know, we only see an, another couple of people kind of pop up. And and I guess part of my my problem is uh the two the two characters that get into a fight, mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time like not accomplishing anything really with those characters. And it uh, doesn't didn't seem to make any kind of sense why they were even put in that situation. Unless there's something's gonna like unless there's a long game coming out and that's that's like well clearly I will well I'll take it back. The last panel of them sure but the rest of them Right, but getting to that one panel Right was like none of that makes any sense. It was totally random that one character got teleported near to where the other character was Mm -hmm. and and both characters involvement is really one character got involved just because the thing fell right in front of her. Right. Uh, the other character got involved because he was driving down the road and this character just somehow, for whatever reason, just teleported right in front of him. Even though this character doesn't have teleportation powers, right. this character was teleported just b- because something teleported her. And that's teleported. Well, so, so the second character you're speaking of, um, which I mean, I mean, spoilers. We already already know who's in the book. Like, Ghost Rider shows up in the book, the Robert Reyes version. I mean, he's on the cover, so on the cover, and he's going to be on the team. This is this is a known issue. So, Um, and the other person we're talking about is She Hulk. But so the Robert Reyes thing might be possibly going back to uh, Marvel Legacy. And I had to go back and um, I had to kind of go back and read up on that because. Because of the one million BC stuff, and they mentioned in this book that you know there's a there's a character that's no longer alive. You know that could have been something, but and that's because that character died in uh, Marvel Legacy, and partially to do with 
Ghost Rider. Because actually, which is weirdly funny, because now that I think about it, it's the same thing that happened to She-Hulk and Ghost Rider pretty much happened in Marvel Legacy. To a point, with the exception of it obviously didn't end up the same way because uh, something happened in Marvel Legacy and then something happened to the other character who may or may not come back around again or or the version or another version of the person we don't know because. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kind of, it just it felt very. Uh, I don't know. It, it seemed it, it was very unsatisfying. I'll put it that way. It it got to a point you're like, okay, so these other characters they're supposed to be part of the book aren't really in the book. And these two other characters that are getting involved aren't really involved, and they're just kind of thrown together randomly, and they're attacked by giant roaches or something. I mean, that's that's I mean, really what it came down to. So, um, obvious aside though, though, clearly at some point all of these are going to converge, and then I'm assuming next next uh, next issue they're probably the other group is probably going to have. Oh, I'm sure they will, but it's like uh, there's no real reason for these characters to, to feel like they're part of the story. I mean, right now they're like a subplot that's unconnected. Right. You know, it, the way they came together. Basically. Right. It's it's not like they were part of the other Avengers team and they got separated and they're having to fight this other battle. They're right. just random people off to the side that, well, they're in this book. So they'll be part of the team eventually, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. A lot of times you'll see like when the, when the team comes together, it's like, okay, Hey, some of the team is here. And then somebody happens to pop in on the, on the thing and gets involved and yada, yada, yada. And then the team finally congeals after that. And they kind of took that in a slightly different way with this. So, but, but the, the problem is it's not like she Hulk and ghost Rider are fighting one of these giant Omega prime robots or whatever it is. They're called. Right. Um, they're not fighting one. And then suddenly they have to join up with the other team in order to, to join forces. Right, uh, like, they're just kind of like randomly going well, about doing other stuff. Right, She Hulk meets one, gets teleported to the Ghost Rider, and then they end up fighting, and then they get end up fighting the Rope. I'm like, well, okay, that was a real strange way to do that, but sure, all right, you got to get there somewhere, I guess. I yeah. guess. So that said, um, yeah, it was a, it was an alright story. Like I said, um, at this point, it's only the second issue, and. I, I have enough confidence in Aaron and Aaron and the team to be like, well, you know, this is going to go somewhere. Even though some of his other books have kind of started off a little bit more, for lack of a better word, punchier, you know, than this one is. Like, granted, this one kind of started off kind of big because, but, and I guess my only other problem with it is like, wow, Celestials again, like, having to, to, to we've kind of done that in the last couple of years, and I get it. You know. Yeah, but these are these are bigger, badder, tougher, sure, Celestial two or whatever. So. And to be fair, the the, the reasons why the Celestials are there are because of the one million BC stuff. So, like, sure, all of that's going to come into play. So, yeah, but I'm not a big fan of that stuff either. So, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, you had a DC book that you wanted to talk about. So yeah, so real quick, I can do this one. Uh, Future Quest presents the Herculoids number ten. Which the numbering makes that sound more confusing than it actually is, but nevertheless, Future Quest presents number ten, and it is the Herculoids. So, um, I want to say, is it last issue or I can't remember? I think it was last year's issue actually. Um, Dorno, the youngest kid of the the Herculoids, was having a tantrum because he thinks he's all grown up and and you know could lead the group and all this kind of good mess, and found out how horribly wrong that he was, and this. Alien 
I almost want to call him a mixoplic type character because he seemed he kind of came off that way in the beginning. But this alien came along with the intentions of actually he's more if you think about it, he's probably more Loki than mixoplic. But um, because and started you know getting into Dono's head, and which causes the team to get disrupted or displaced or by the by the alien. And this alien also turned Dorno into an adult at the end of the book and said, hey, you got to save, you know, you got 24 hours to save your team and the planet or else everything dies. And that's where this book comes in, uh, where he's basically stumbling around because all these natural disasters are, are coming about and, and you know, and he's trying to lead the team the best he could, which is not well at all because the the uh, the rest of the Herculers are getting hurt and trying to save him and this and the other and like I said, all all the while these other natural disasters are coming on, and he's pretty much fumbling around the whole you know and feeling far so far as himself and you know and asking well what would Xandar do and all, 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 all this and all of that until the end of the book where he undergoes another change thanks to this alien who's uh you know, whose intentions are known, kind of known to us, but he just keeps messing around with us. And uh, next issue, we will see where that goes. So, I don't know. It's all right. Like, I, I've been enjoying the Future Quest stuff. Uh, and this one's not bad, but I've never liked Dorno. <laughs> given, you know, given the whole, whole old Hercules uh, cartoon. So, so- and I- Mm-hmm. All right, so here's my question for you. I when when these Hanna Barbera things were first coming out, we got uh, the Flintstones, but it wasn't funny. We got uh, uh, Elmer Fudd, who's like a serial killer. We got uh, like you know whatever. But uh, so is Future Quest the one that still kind of has the feel of the old cartoons? Like, is it still kind of fun and adventurous, um, or is it also kind of serious? Okay, so. Those that you mentioned have nothing to do with Future Quest. Okay. Except for the fact, because the Future Quest, unlike those, the Future Quest stuff wasn't necessarily made into a part of, like, they weren't made as a part of DC canon. Not DC canon, but they weren't made in the DC, you know, to fit in the DC universe like those were. Okay. So this was a whole separate thing where, like, you know, um, Johnny Quest and all of them, this is basically... They playing it kind of serious because it's basically all of those um, Hanna Barbera cartoons, like Johnny Quest, Hercules. Yeah, like Johnny Quest was pretty serious for its time when it came out as being a kids show. So they're basically keeping all of that kind of the way they they just modernize things, obviously, you know. But it's not it's not like turned dark or no 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 no. They're basically, or... they're basically keeping the tone of that type cart cartoons and stuff like that, um, but just kind of modernize them and. You know, making stories about. It. Okay, all right. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, so it's, it's nothing like those other ones that you mentioned. You know, all right. The, and then so, Future Quest presents. This is the second series, right? Because there was a Future Quest that. Well, so there was Future Quest. There was Future Quest. That was the the event that was like twelve issues, and um, you know, ran through a whole thing. And then these are pretty much anthologies. Like this is more like um. I want to say like Marvel Premiere or um, one of those type of books where they Marvel uh, Comics Presents or something like that. 
yes, it's like one of those where there's just like every you know every few issues they have a they have a story dealing with the character, you know. Okay. Don't want to can, and they still don't like they have touched on the stuff from or some of the some of the stories have touched on stuff that happened in Future Quest the event, but they are still a part of the world as if they're you know, all right, themselves. Okay. So I like say if you if I think. You may, if you've liked like Johnny Quest and stuff like that, I think you would probably still enjoy this. Like, obviously, they haven't done any Johnny Quest stories uh, because the the Future Quest event was pretty much focused around Johnny Quest, and these are like Space Ghosts, Herculoids, uh, The Impossible Three. That you know, these are those are the stories. Okay, and uh, you know, and they're all connected in that universe like that. Okay. That said, if you like those, you may enjoy these. There is a new and there's a new uh my uh my tour that came out of um Future Quest the event. So yeah, like I said, they've been enjoyable. Like this one's been alright. It's just that like I said, I've I've never cared about Dorno in the, the, the um the cartoon. And they've actually captured the feel of him in this to where I don't really care for him too much, but but since it's uh featured since he's the the one that the story's being featured around for this, then got to deal with it. All right then. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any other Marvel or DC? Um, I actually, ooh, actually, no, I do not have either. I do have one other book, but I don't have any other Marvel and DC. Okay. Yeah, I just have uh, I have a Valiant and an Image book. Hit it. Okay. Uh, well, for Valiant, we've got Bloodshot Salvation uh, number nine, and this. Uh, Bloodshot in its current uh, storyline is, uh, you know, he he found a girlfriend. Uh, they had a baby. The baby has the Bloodshot powers. Um, baby got really sick, was dying. So uh, Bloodshot uh, sought out. I, I guess now he's called Ninja K. He used to be Ninjak, but I think now he's Ninja K. Um, and so uh, Ninja K helped him to find uh, Shadow Man. And Shadow Man opened a portal to hell so that basically Bloodshot could make a deal to save his daughter. So last issue, he saves his daughter. She gets sent back to Earth. But instead of being an infant, she's now like six or eight or something like that. Like this child walks out instead of a baby. Uh, And then Bloodshot gets sent off somewhere else. And he doesn't know where. So in this issue, I was like, ooh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Let's find out. Instead, we get a fill an issue which is the origin of bloodhound his dog and so his dog has the same nanites and the same healing properties and whatever he has and it turns out he was part of a world war one experiment where they had a pack of these dogs and they sent them out to the uh, front line against the germans and had the dogs basically uh you know learn how to do their thing by fighting uh, trench warfare in uh in the great war so I, I will say the artwork was tremendous. Uh, I mean, the artwork was beautiful. I don't know how long it takes this guy, uh, Renato Guides. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Guedes. Um, but wh- however he does his artwork, uh, it is phenomenal. Um, I mean, every page looks fully painted, full of detail. Uh, just tremendous work. Um, as far as the story goes, I mean, it was all right. Um there wasn't really anything wrong with the story. And in fact, the story had, it actually took a twist. I wasn't expecting. Um, but having said that though, it still was a little like, Oh, I 
kind of want to know what happened with the actual plot. So um, it was still fine for what it was, and you know, it, but it is, you know, a one shot off, not connected really to the rest of the series. So a little disappointing as far as that goes. Kind of like a filler episode. Uh, filler yeah. Issue. Yeah. Just as they catch up with. Well, I think part of the thing is it's starting to tie into Harbinger Wars 2, and that has to get to a certain point in the story. So this may have been there just to like fill some time for that series to start and get to wherever it needs to go for the next issue. Gotcha. All right. So anyway, um, it does look pretty good. The art, yeah. I mean, that artwork is beautiful. All right. Um, the other book I read was Gideon Falls number three from Image. Oh, I thought you said Ninja K, but okay. No, no, I didn't read that one. Okay. Um, uh, Gideon Falls. Uh, this is from Jeff Lemire and. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Um, I'm so terrible with names. Uh, but these are the ones that worked on uh, Old Man Logan um, when that uh, relaunched. And uh, they worked together on something else a while ago that now I can't remember what it is. But regardless, this story follows. Uh, basically, this priest comes to the small town to fill in because the, the former priest who was there has disappeared. Um, and while he's there, he starts having these strange visions. Um, there's a murder. Uh, he gets implicated in the murder. Uh, and he has this vision of this big black barn in the middle of this field. And something about the barn just fills him with terror. He doesn't know what it is. At the same time, there's a guy in a big city. And this guy in the big city is basically crazy. And he's digging through trash. And he's finding little bits of wood and nails because he's been having these visions of a big black barn. And for some reason, the big black barn vision is compelling him to find the pieces. He believes that the structure is real and he's trying to find the pieces for it in the trash so that he can rebuild this big black barn. Of course, he's doing it, picking up, you know, six inch splinters of wood and old rusty nails, but he, he feels, you know, like he's going to do it. And his therapist you know, of course, it's trying to help him out. You're crazy. Let's get you through past all this. And then she has a vision of the big black barn, and it fills her with terror. So basically, this priest in the small town uh, and this guy in the city are both having visions of this thing. And it looks like the visions are starting to spread. And when they have these visions, it like opens a portal to some sort of evil. And this evil uh, kills someone in the town and makes it look like the old priest who has disappeared is the one who committed the murder. So either he was possessed or he did do it before he disappeared or, you know, whatever. You, you don't really know exactly what's going on, but there's something about this small town and there's some sort of manifestation of pure evil coming through this town. And this guy off in the big city is probably like so crazy. He's the only one who's just crazy enough that he can see the truth of what's you know really going on with this thing. So you're not quite sure how all these pieces are going to start to fit together. Um, but it is, the story is put together so well. And the artwork is so fantastic in this book. Um, I, I know I, I complain a lot when, when some books, they, they just have, they're just filled with dialogue uh, or they're just filled with action artwork. And there's not a lot of story. This book is, like just pure storytelling uh, for the modern comic, it, it, the same level as some of the stuff like Sheriff of Babylon or Mr. Miracle uh, or any of those type books. I'm going to put this up at the same level as those with the storytelling. There's, there may not be a lot of action. There may be a lot of dialogue um, or there may be 
a couple pages where there is no dialogue and it's just artwork, but there's always so much going on on the page. There's always so much detail that's in there. Um, Sorrento or Sorrentino, however you pronounce this. Uh, he always does this thing where he draws the pages, but he draws like everything's black and white except like a red box around something. And what's in that box is in color. So, you know, like it draws your eye to it. Like that's something important. So you'll get like a two page spread with like these circles, uh, you know, coming out of it. And from those circles, there are little boxes of things that you're supposed to pay, pay, pay attention to, like in this two page spread of this guy's apartment. Like it's, it's really hard for me to explain in words what's happening visually on these pages, but it is just, I'm looking at exactly well. I could put it out, but I'm looking at exactly what you're, um, what you're talking about. It, it is just so good. Like this is one of those things where you, you always hear about some comic book series is being optioned for a TV show. Mark Millar, like, you know, he puts out a, a piece of promotional artwork and suddenly he's got a deal to make a movie you know, based off of it. There's always like something bizarre that happens with that. But this book, if this book becomes a movie or a TV series or whatever, I'll be the first in line to watch it. That's um, funny. Look, I actually going to ask you, does it seem like it was going to be something that could be optioned for one? So yeah, I mean, it definitely does. Uh, it, it definitely feels like I've been watching on uh, Netflix. I've been watching shows like the dark and the rain and some of these, uh, you know, horror themed, it's like um, stranger things, but, like for an older crowd and uh this feels you know definitely like it'd be it could be turned into one of these shows or or something along those same themes because it's it's really dark but it's really atmospheric and the artwork really leads a lot into that because it is a different style of artwork it's completely different than anything else you're going to see you know on on comic stands so i think the the artwork probably adds so much of the atmosphere that makes it so good um, but the story itself is also really well told. And, and you can tell, it's also one of these things where you can tell that he's figured out, he probably has like a notebook just full of notes and plot points and story points. And he's like interwoven them and kind of mixed them up and, and like refixed them in such a way. So it's, it's not like this straight linear storytelling where you're getting all the information as it's happening. Um, you can definitely tell that it's kind of skipping stuff but like everything still kind of makes sense and you can tell that there's something more going on, even though you're not getting the whole story. So uh, I I definitely feel like this is going to be one of those next great series. This is one of those that I'm really like every time the new issue comes out, we're on issue three now and it's just like, Oh, I can't wait to get home and read this. It's the first thing I'm reading uh, when I get home. Uh, Also to Matt Wang. um, Yes. uh, My face is not moving. Um, it's, it's not because, uh, you know, I've had a stroke, uh, or anything like that. Uh, yes. As I said earlier on, my camera's not working. So I threw that picture up there. So don't get too freaked out. Don't get too freaked out. I'm okay. No problems. (laughs) Um, um, I was going to say, well, one, I was going to say, have ask you, have you read uh, infidel? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay. Cause I would be, well, you know, I, I usually don't read a lot of stuff from image just because, Generally, as a whole, a lot of their books, uh, they sound like they want themselves to be more important than they actually are. Um, but I really like Jeff Lemire a lot. And in fact, Jeff Lemire also wrote Bloodshot. Uh, he's been writing that series, this yes. run of that, too. So 
Um, so that's really the only reason why I gave it a shot in the first place is because it's the same writer and artist that were doing Old Man Logan. So I was like, oh, I like that one, so I'll give this one a shot too. But, I mean, generally, most of the stuff that comes out of Image, it's like, oh, this is going to be the next big book, and it's good for like six issues, and then you're just like, eh, whatever. Hey there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, was, I was also going to say... Does anyone need an old priest and a young priest? But I figured that the time for that one was no, no, no one's no one's possessed yet that we know of. There's no, no, no awesome powers reference. I don't know about it. Well, that's from The Exorcist. That's where he got it. I know, but come on, come on. Oh, Jesus, man, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, it fell flat. Um, so that being the case, I I have one more book and I can go on. So we could do, of course, as rapid fire, and I know you got to go. Yeah. Um. But we talked about this. Well, we talked about this last week, and this is Star Trek: The Next Generation through the Mirror Number Three. Have you? Oh, yeah. No, I, I've not. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm still buying them, but I just haven't sat down. Problem. Problem. So, um, yeah, without going too far in it, so we we finally get things kind of slightly coming together in that. So there's a plot from the Mirror Universe uh, crew of the Enterprise that is now falling into falling into and being played out in the prime universe or the Kelvin universe, I guess is what they called it. Now. I don't freaking know. I still call it the prime universe. doesn't matter. So, uh, so yeah, mirror universe. Wait, 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 wait. So the, the Kelvin universe, isn't that the, the new movie uh, universe? Uh, you're right. You know what? Yeah. The Kelvin universe is the JJ verse basically. Okay, yeah. Right. right. I was really confused there for a second. Well, see, that's just it. That that stuff was kind of confusing in the first place uh, when they said that, because I was like, "Well, wait a minute. So, is the Prime Universe the Kelvin Universe, or is the 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 the, the other stuff?" The Prime, the Prime Universe is the original series Prime universe, right? So, it is the actual Prime Universe. So, I okay. I'm, right. so yes, I am less confused now. Yes, yes, yes. And however, they do have weirdly as one of the, um, it's not a backup, but uh, you know, in these, especially in the digital stuff, they put like, so they, there's the main story, there's the backup story, and then they'll put like little previews of different, uh, of other stories. And in this case, there is, looks like there is one in the Kelvin universe that is setting up a, a prime universe thing, possibly. That uh, something, it might be a book, because I'm not, I think it's from Boldly Go, and I haven't read any of that one. Oh, yeah, I think those are all in the Kelvin universe. Yeah, so... So there, so there was a little snippet of, of that one. That said, um, you know the, the a plot of this was like I said, the the the, the mirror universe is, is encroaching into the prime universe, and their their plan is kind of going into action. All I will say is that hey, Barkley's in a holodeck again. Are there That's, any giant spiders? No giant spiders. Oh, okay. All right. So, and this is mirror universe. Uh, Barkley, as we come to find out, so who's shares a little bit of the traits of Prime Universe, but not so much. Like you know, this is a a little more. I don't even want to say rough and tumble, Barkley, but he's a little bit more apt to getting your a face. little more assertive. Yes, yes, which comes into play um, as he and Deanna Troy basically um, uh, infiltrate the Prime Universe uh, Enterprise for a reason. Wait, does Barkley hook up with Troy? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They so they've. I mean, just like in TNG, they had a kind of relationship, but this Troy is a little bit different. She's more of a, uh, 
I can't remember what they call her. And she's more of an interrogator slash like I don't want to say subjectress, but she they 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 don't really, you know. Right, 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 right. Okay. But those those are those are qualities that are in there. Nevertheless, you know, she's uh but her and Barkley still kind of talk like they would in, in TNG to a point, except for as mirror mirror universe, so they're a little bit more rougher. Right. I gotcha. And you know, there is a one bit where this uh, mirror universe Diana meets up with Prime Universe uh, Riker, obviously, and they have um, you know, they have a um, they, they have more... relations. No, but you know, obviously, it's going <laughs> to play out in 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 an issue two coming up because they were supposed to go over there and be like, "Don't make yourself conspicuous," and you know, and don't do anything kind of crazy, but. You know, she meets up with with Riker, or Riker finds her rather, and she starts to kind of, you know, come on to him. And 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 the, the funny thing about it is, like, so they the, the whole plan was they're infiltrating the Enterprise, but they're using like older, like, want to say, um, first season uniform, it's like first or second season uniforms. Oh, so okay. Yana's in the the, the miniskirt. Mm. And um, <laughs> you know, like first season uniform. So that kind of comes into play, and and you know, the whole Barkley, I mean, a whole Riker Troy thing is like she's coming on to him, and you know, kind of getting up on him, and it's like, are you feeling okay? You know, sometimes when they've had right. those of TNG, and it's like somebody's not, you know, somebody's affected by something, you know, and the pieces start coming together. It's kind of like that, except for obviously it's, it's a whole different universe and you know whatever. So that's the thing that's going to come into play. Oh, over and over, that that this whole story kind of keeps going, and they get to a place in that. And then the B side is um, the B story is Data's on the hunt for for the well, excuse me, Mirror Universe Data is on the hunt for Emperor Spock of the Mirror Universe, and somehow that's going to play into out of this. I'm thinking because like the, it, this that the B side is set a few months prior to the events of the story. So okay. I'm assuming it's going to lead up to it, and we just don't know why Pac has, isn't getting involved or whatever. So outside of that, it's still been pretty good. It does still, you know, has the uh, the feel of kind of an, a Next Generation episode. So at least they're, they're kind of keeping that. Yeah, like I said, it's one that I'm definitely looking forward to, just haven't gotten around to yet. Yeah. So that is it for me, though. Um, unless you do, you have anything else you got to? No, just uh, I, I think it's click of the week time. Uh, yep, I believe that is the case. What you got? If you got anything, so My, we... mine is going to be Gideon Falls. Okay. I mean, obviously, I I talked that book up a whole lot, so it's pretty easy to see that that was that's definitely my favorite of uh, what came out this week. You actually have have um, curious about that one because I have read uh, Infidel. It's not the same book, but there's some horror aspects to that, and I'm not. The, the biggest horror fan, but it was there was enough in that book to kind of get me. And there was a new issue of Infidel, but I didn't get a chance to read it, so there was that. Um, Tim's is no ju- uh, Justice League, No Justice number two. That is his click of the week. He don't know why, but it is. Um, Tim's slowly turning to the DC side. See, apparently, I mean, to be fair, we all have actually had our moments. Like, I think obviously you and probably Agent 70 or, or the more these years out of the four of us. But there's actually been, some, especially since Rebirth, there's actually been some stuff that I've been either picking up or curious about, you know? Yeah. You know, slightly branching out. And I, but that's another story for another time. Uh, I think, I don't know. 
I only read three books, and, and uh, while they were decent, I can't see, see any of them were like stand out. You know, great. I really want to give the Avengers two, even though we kind of talked real kind of down. But I think I'm actually going to go with Star Trek: The Next Generation through the mirror, number three. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a, it was a decent story um, in the in a universe that well, in part of a universe that we haven't gotten in the shows. Let your Trekkie out. There you go. All right, all right. So I do got to run. It's I, I tried to give you a little bit of extra time because uh, it's very late, and uh, you know no one else is here. But you got to take the show solo from here. So I got it. I got it. All right. I will see you next week. Yep. Um. Oh, no maybe, wait. Because solo's <laughs> coming out, and I might not. Well. Well, my show's at 7, so I could still make the show. It'll just be a little late. Regardless, we'll talk about that later. Okay, all right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. And on that, it is time for an ad, folks. Um, and I guess I will do... Because oh, luckily, I was I had the foresight to, to bring them up while he was talking. Uh, and I guess I will do Buster's Tease, and I need to start putting the visuals up on here. So, the ad is Busted Teas. This episode of The Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Teas, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Teas puts many of their popular shirts designs on sale every week. Uh, choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, Cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, geek culture, and much, much more. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then clicking on Keep Our Podcast Free link on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And we go on to, boy, I wish we had sound effects. But we're going to the cinematic news at this point. Um, and we start off with, actually, let me pull up the screen share here. For those, anyone watching the video will see what I'm seeing. And that is, we're starting off with the cinematic news. Uh, Marvel's The Punisher casts Annette O'Toole and Corbin Brunson for season two. I still haven't seen season one. I feel slightly bad about that, but slowly catching up on things. We don't know who they're playing. Oh, wait. Actually, I'll take the back. Yes, we do. Um, Annette O'Toole will be playing Eliza Schultz and and, and uh, Corbin Brunson playing Ant. Durson Schultz, uh, also described as conniving wealthy move, uh, move, woman cut from the same individuals of cloth as her husband. So, yeah, they're going to be one of those power couples. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I should have checked and seen when season two is going to be, but it's coming, folks. Good news. Miss Marvel is coming to the MCU, Feige assures. That is Kevin Feige of uh, Marvel Entertainment. So, apparently... Um, uh, Feige was talking in an interview, um, I guess that is in this article. He was talking to the BC, BBC, um, possibly for Avengers Infinity War, and it got brought up, um, which there is a couple of more. Um, there's a couple more other people that's going to go up. But 
the pros- the pros- prospect of Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, coming into the MCU, um, is that going to be a thing? And Ka- and Feige was like, eh, he couldn't offer up any details and how she'd appear, but he did confirm that uh, Miss Marvel's live action debut is in the works, quote unquote. So that is awesome, and a lot of people were happy to see that news. I one of them because I, I love Miss Marvel. Um, She's a dope character, and that book has been dope. So that's awesome news on that front. Um, also, along the Ms. Marvel lines, uh, Rogue One's Riz Ahmed offers to write Ms. Marvel screenplay. Now, I saw this on Twitter uh, the other night when this happened, or when this was being t- uh, retweeted around, rather. Oh, wait. Ooh. I'm sorry. I just saw some, new, some, some more comic book news that I want to bring up later. Um, and you're, if you're watching the video, you just saw it. Nevertheless, um, so there was a tweet by Riz Ahmed, uh, after the news of Miss Marvel maybe in the MCU come out, uh, from Riz Ahmed saying, Hey, and if you're watching the video, you can see it. So when do Marvel Studios want me, Mindy Kaling and, um, um, Kumail Nanjani to get started on the Ms. Marvel screenplay? And obviously people were like, yes, 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 yes. Even to the likes of uh, Sana Amanat and G. Willow Wilson, the writer of, um, of Miss Amanat, the writers and co-creators of, the writer, excuse me, and co-creator of Miss Marvel. So if that, if it's going to happen, it, you know, we shall see. But um, if something does come out of it, that'll be, that'll be pretty awesome. Um, Infinity War directors confirm the fates of Aunt May, Betty Ross, and Lady Sif. Because we know everyone was, you know, thinking about where they were at the end of coming out of that movie. And, you know, I'm just going to say that I'm not going to go through all of that, but there, there's an article from Screen Around about that. And if you care to see, if you're watching the show notes, <clears throat> I mean, if you're, um, well, we need to really get good about putting show notes with the um, with the things. But regardless, um, that information is out there. Um, I will probably retweet the, the show notes so that you guys can see that. Marvel will introduce new surprising characters after Avengers Four. We this is I think um, may or may not have been in the same um, interview or in a similar interview that Feige had. Uh, but he basically said that yeah, we there's you know there's going to be a new some new blood in the um, into MCU after after Avengers four, which also around the same time or maybe before, actually I think it might have been before because there was also confirmation which that probably was before this. He also confirmed that an Eternals film is in the works. And I think we may have talked about that one last week, but I am not entirely sure. Um, the fun thing about this article about the introduction of new surprising characters, I thought was, I was just thinking one of them might be because there's the possibility of the the Fantastic Four getting back into the MCU, not with the whole Fox deal. I'm thinking Impossible Man. I don't know. That that'd be dumb, but that'd be something. Regardless, uh, speaking of the Marvel, the, the the Eternals, Marvel's Eternals film find its writers. And that is Matthew and Ryan Furpo, who wrote 
uh, a movie called The Ruins. I don't know anything about it, anything about it. So, hey, the Eternals have a writer. Whether that movie gets out, there's actually been some speculation on Twitter <clears throat> on my timeline. At least it was like, which uh, I think it was Tim that asked that question, or oh, was it Tim or was it um, Dark and Dark? I can't remember. Or the artist formerly known as Dark and Dark. What's up, Danny? Um, was like, which one would come out first? Uh, the New Gods movie that DC is planning, or this Eternals movie that uh, that Marvel is planning. Both of those groups were uh, made by Jack Kirby. If you if you weren't already aware, so that was why all of that came about. Regardless, keep on moving. Hell yeah, Agents of Shield will return for a sixth season, um, with the caveat that I believe it's only thirteen episodes. I need to catch up on this show because I'm. To me, the show has always been pretty good, but apparently the last season or this this season uh, that I think just finished starting finishing up has been really good uh, by accounts. So, yeah. <clears throat> I can only imagine what they're going to do with 13 episodes, which I'm trying to remember. I think in the first season half for the 13 episodes, I can't remember. But yeah, so it gets one more season, lives, lives, to die, uh, lives to fight another day, as some were saying. On the other front, ABC, I hate you autoplaying video, uh, ABC officially cancels Marvel's Inhuman. We all knew it was canceled. However, they I guess this is the official word. Like, that show was canceled before it even started by, by well, people's accounts, but people can be harsh. Excuse me, taking a little, like a little water break there. So, yeah, why this is news now, don't know, but no one was expecting this to, to last that much longer. <clears throat> uh, Gambit movie hopes to shoot this summer for real this time, <laughs> according to the CPR article. You know, the movie that not no one wanted except for Channing Tatum is presumably still on. Moving right along. Um, here's how the screenwriters of Deadpool 2 decided which heroes would join X-Force, X-Force, uh, Deadpool 2, out right now at the time of this recording on, I shouldn't say the year, whatever, but, uh, it's the 17th of May, 2018, so yeah, it's out now, I'm not seeing it, Agent 70 might be seeing it, we don't know, we'll find out, hopefully he's alright, uh, but yeah, there's an article about, about, you know, why the screenwriters picked who they picked, I saw this article that is a bit, and I could have sworn it was 21 Jump Street. I don't know why. If you're watching the video, you can, you know, you can dispute it or not, regardless. Um, Jonathan Cadston reveals who this returning actor is playing in Solo, a Star Wars movie, which comes out next week <clears throat> with updated info. Uh, you know, it would be a spoiler to say, but I will say this much. There is a long-standing uh, character actor from the Star Wars series that has pretty much been in all of the movies. And I'm trying to remember if he was in Rogue One. Might have been uh, playing a character, and this character and this person is uh, apparently going to be in Solo. Probably not playing the character he's most famous for, as the accounts say. Um, but yeah, look out for that next week. Cartoon Network's Mega Man animated series gets a new name and synopsis. Um, so there's going to be a new animated 
Mega Man series. Yay. And it's going to be called Mega Man Fully Charged. Only reason why I'm putting this here, there are Mega Man comics. I don't have to explain myself, um, but I'm just doing it anyway. So fans of Mega Man, do your thing. Uh, Gotham renewed for fifth and final season on Fox. I also need to catch up on this one because that's a crazy show. Um, but see, you know what? Fifth people, there have been shows that's been canceled um, in the last few weeks, and some would argue a couple of them, or at least one, probably that early. I'm looking at you, uh, the the Expanse, because that show's great, but it's, it died after three seasons. And uh, I think there's another show that died after five. Five seasons, pretty good, pretty good run, I personally think. So, and as crazy as Gotham got, you know, at its highs and lows, that's a pretty good run. Meanwhile, Supernatural's still on air. Why? And The Simpsons for some stupid reason. But anywho, um, speaking of the Gotham front, Batman's Alfred Pennyworth gets his own TV series. So my thing is, wait, that's called Gotham because realistically Gotham was mainly Alfred. Like, yeah, he was running after Bruce, Bruce's snotty butt, but whatever that show was half. Well, I mean, and they start off with, you know, Jim Gordon, whatever, but Alfred was pretty much one of the draws to Gotham for me. Cause he was pretty, you know, a pretty badass. Um, all we know so far is that it's going to be 10 episodes. It's going to be uh, not connected to Gotham, apparently. Which is a bummer because the Alfred that um, um, the Alfred that is in Gotham is awesome, who is also the, the son of a Time Lord. Um, <clears throat> um, oh, shoot. Sean. Sean something. I can't remember his last name. But whatever. He's, a, he's, he's the son of a, um, of a Doctor Who. That's awesome in itself. He should be. He should get his book. He should get it. But at the same time, Gotham was pretty much a show. I don't understand that. Moving right along. Um, the Arrowverse Crisis on Earth X crossover soundtrack is getting a official CD release. I still have yet to see catch up on the Arrowverse to see the crossover. And I wasn't aware that's the thing you could do. Uh, but that makes sense. The funny part about this is that apparently it's the, the CD's coming out on La La Land Records. Let that sink in for a second. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the movie. And if it does, okay, whatever. Um, but they also have print, been print that do kind of do this kind of stuff. So regardless of the number. Um, let's see. DC Entertainment uh, will release the score from composer Blake Neely on May 27, 22nd in a limited run CD. So that's the thing. Maybe the movie, music was that good to warrant that, I guess. Sure. Um, wait, I thought I had... Did I skip something? Did I skip something? I don't think I did. Oh, I did not. Young Justice Outsiders art confirms katana, lightning, and metamorpho. So yeah, we got a we got a um I forget this was oldness. I thought this came out last week, but I'm not sure. But yeah, so there was a screen uh cap of the show that is going to be on the DC uh universe, aka the streaming service that has yet to show itself. And it shows uh, a picture of the team or a team. 
including Nightwing and Katana and Lightning, aka uh, Night Lightning's daughter. Well, excuse me, cousin, I guess. Cousin in the books. Daughter in the show. I don't know why they did that, but sure. So that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I love Young Justice. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm not looking forward to be, be, it being on a pay service that I don't know is going to have any value to it. Moving right along, DC's Birds of Prey movie gets a production start date and an all-female crew. So this is the um, the movie that Margot Robbie, uh, aka uh, Harley Quinn of Suicide Squad movie, has been brewing up for a while, I believe. And, and actually, might have been. Um, I think there was a story about this was kind of brewing ever since um, Suicide Squad, Side Squad was. Um, was a thing was 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 in mind. So yeah, the and I believe it was was supposed to be a Harley only uh, uh, thing, but I think it has blossomed into this Birds of Prey movie. So cool beans. Uh, let's see, um, Birds of Prey will begin in production in January 2019, presumably once uh, Roby finishes her other stuff. So, cool beans. Uh, the Witcher TV series, likely release dates, confirmed character storyline, everything you need to know. So, there was basically an article. Because, so, if you didn't know, The Witcher, and the only reason why I'm putting this in here because there are Witcher comic books. But, nevertheless, it was, uh, The Witcher is a video game series of three video games that uh, is now getting a Netflix live action show starring Matt Mikkelsen. And I think there actually have been comic books related to this. Uh, but yeah, that's just a story about everything we know about it so far. So that's cool. And there's a trailer out there for the show. I think, it's, I don't know if it's an official trailer, but I have seen a trailer for it um, on YouTube. So, but you can check that out. Everyone's favorite G.I. Joe. Okay. A lot of people's favorite G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, is getting his own standalone movie. Yay? It's going to be, well, I was about to say, we had a bunch of ninja movies back in the 80s. And sure. And being that Snake Eyes never actually talks. Um historically that's going to be interesting but then again they're gonna have people around them like they do in the other time so yeah they looks like they got somebody to write a script um whether any of the joes are gonna um be seen in this movie if it actually happens sure uh emil hirsch is gathering support for a speed racer sequel i should have um actually i will probably send this to dirt and when it was all said tonight, because I believe he likes Speed Racer. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. I've never seen it. I heard it was all right for some people. I think I've seen bits of it. And if you don't know, the the original Speed, well, yes, the, the original Speed Racer movie was a Wazkowski's joint the, from 2008. But, well, yeah, I guess it is 10 years old huh, at this point. So, yeah. The star is, um, you know, wants to, wants to try to get a Speed Racer 2 off the ground. So, uh, sure. I don't know if it did that great to warrant it, obviously, since it's been to use, but that's never stopped a movie before. Um, some sad news 
for folks of uh, fans of Superman, aka the 78 version, Margot Kidder, Superman actress dead at 69. Now she obviously was an actress that did other stuff, but her most notable role um was the Lois Lane of the Superman series with Christopher Reeve. So that was very sad to to hear. Um so yeah, you know, that's been I think that was been a couple of days ago when that happened. That was actually on yeah, Monday. Um or actually it was Sunday, I believe, when the news came out. So that was sad indeed. Um but in other news, uh, Elizabeth Shue, I believe, what, was she in Back to the Future, I believe? That's, I keep I'm trying to remember where I know her from. Sorry if, if she sees this. But Elizabeth Shue joins Amazon's The Boys, uh, according to a report. So that is a Amazon-made show about a comic book by Agarth Ennis and uh, Derek Robertson. I've never read it. Don't know anything about it, but it's supposed to, but yeah. A lot of shows, I mean, a lot of comics have been an option lately, as, as we all well know. But this one's supposedly coming to Amazon Prime in 2019, so somebody who knows that property will be fine with it. Uh, the Japanese show that saved the Power Rangers is coming to America. Like, okay, never mind, we're not going to do that one. Um, so apparently Shout uh, Factory excuse me, is releasing the English subtitled uh, Super Sentai series aka the impetus of the the original power rangers american version uh some of that has been kind of floating around here and there uh, i think there's been i want to say there was a fairly recent twitch stream matter of fact might have been through shot factor i can't remember playing some old super synthesized stuff so that'll be cool um so now you can see the original stuff that that prompted and actually it's just the, the that prompted and pretty much was used in a lot of the earlier, uh, and I guess uh, some of the later uh, Power Rangers, because a lot of the footage was basically taken from, uh, the, the action scenes were taken from Super Sentai, the, the series, the various series, and uh, melded into Power Rangers. So there's that thing. Uh, more Captain Marvel movie roles have been confirmed. Uh, according to the hashtag show, um, McKenna Grace will play a young version of character Danvers. Kenneth Mitchell will play Carol's father, Joseph Dan- Danvers. Um, Banshee actress, pow. Anna Honoria, Honora, I apologize if I'm missing, uh, missing that, is also said to be casting a role that's currently playing up, uh, kept under wraps. So Captain Marvel is going to start filming soon. Uh, and if you've seen uh, Infinity War, Infinity War, you have seen allusions to that coming anyway, whether you knew that or not. Speaking of um, Avengers, Chris Hemsworth may not be done playing Thor with Avengers 4. Uh, I guess he, like Robert Downey Jr. said, hey, they would probably come back for, you know, something, you know. And actually, here's a quote here. It says, on his Instagram, the actor thanked fans after Infinity War's massive opening in China. It was the biggest superhero film opening era, the actor said. Uh, the film continued to smash records left and right. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's all thanks to you guys. So, yeah, that was that. Um, and I'm guessing... So, yeah, I'm guessing 
or at least they're taking to, this, to believe that that I don't know. That seems to be kind of a stretch, but they're taking it to believe that he would probably do more, but without him actually saying that. According to this article, so I don't know where the hint comes 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 in from. Somebody knows, sure. Uh, Batwoman joins the Arrowverse in next major crossover events. Batwoman of the Bat Family. So there must mean it's going to be some bat ties coming up in the the Arrowverse. Not that there wasn't already, because clearly Arrow in itself was pretty much Batman. <laughs> Batman with an arrow. We're going to go past that. So yeah, it sounds like they're going to be. Um, I guess us. Yes. Speaking of the Green Arrow, Stephen Amell himself made the uh, announcement at the DC at the excuse me at the CW's upfront Thursday morning. Uh, we're incredibly inside, excited to announce that we'll be doing another crossover event this fall. No duh on CW. Uh, that was me, editorial lesson to no duh. And we'll be introducing a new character, Amel said. Uh, for the first time, for the very first time appearing, we will be fighting alongside Batwoman, which is terrific. The crossover is going to make it to air in December. I need to leave right now to start filming it, quote unquote, from Amel. And so, which means they're adding the city. Oh, yeah, this is right here. Uh, we're adding the city of Gotham into the Arrowverse. This will be another full throttled action packed event, according to Mark Pedowitz, president of the CW. So, I feel like they've kind of dropped some Gotham type hints in during the course of one or two of the shows. Like, I feel like there was, there was some just straight up. References. I might have read, and I think this article is, is suggesting that there was one. Um, and that was not the one I was thinking about, but whatever. So cool. More Batverse stuff in the Arrowverse. That's weird that it's now. I don't know. Um, hmm. Okay. There's, there's more news I need to... I'm going to save that for next week because this is running kind of long. Uh, going over to comic book news... DC's Scooby Apocalypse just killed off one of its original Scooby-Doo characters, and I almost, 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 almost set up some music for this, um, which would have been beautiful. So if 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 Classic listens to this part and wants to throw in Freddy's Dead, spoiler alert, Freddy's Dead in, in this comic book. They killed off Freddy, y'all. I think, you know, the, the supposed leader of the book group. Is dead now. I haven't been reading Scooby Apocalypse, but you know, and actually, I forgot to mention that with uh, with um, dirt earlier, but I don't think he was reading it either. So, yeah, they they killed off, and it sounds like it was Daphne's fault, or at least she's making it to be her fault. And the re- the most recent issue, uh, number 25 reveals that. So, Rep Fred, I don't okay. Um, and the the article tickled me because it kind of speculated that it's like we don't know if uh, that's if Freddy could get killed. That means the other folks on the, the could be also on the block, a la um, Walking Dead style. But since the book is called Scooby Apocalypse, pretty sure he's he won't be the one to get it. Uh, according to the article, which I found was kind of funny, I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Anywho, Marvel's You Are Deadpool turns a comic into an RPG, or I guess more specifically. Um, a choose your own adventure book by accounts. I've not read this book, but um, but apparently, um, this book is a choose your own adventure style 
um, series. I don't know, and issue three just came out like last week or something like that. Like I'm not a real big Deadpool fan in the first place, so. But I am curious about that for the Chujon Adventure aspect of it. And I think Al Ewing is writing this. And I do like me some Al Ewing. Yep. So I will probably check it out for that part, if anything else. Um, But, yeah. I'll I'll have to see if we got any review copies or something. Uh, Marvel hints... Either Jessica Jones or Luke Cage is bisexual. I don't know why I put this in here because I don't think this... I, well, I don't know. So this is a spoiler for uh, The Hunt for Wolverine at uh, Adamantium Agenda. This is also coming from Screen Rant. I'll take it from Green Salt because there's been some other stuff that I've found dubious from... Whatever. So apparently there was a throwaway line if you're watching the video that you could say you could see here. That from Jessica Jones uh, says, aside from one mutually agreed upon open-minded friend, I'm the only one who gets to touch this guy without permission. That guy being Luke Cage. Um, her hubby or ex-hubby. I, wait. No, I'm sorry. No, hubby. Yeah, they're still married. I don't know why they would, they would, that would have been fucked up. So I'm like, okay. I guess I'm, my thought went to, I was like, okay, so they're talking about Iron Fist and but I didn't think about the ultimate part, which I don't know. This is probably nothing. I think this 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 article may or may not be making the things. But even if that is the case, and they make one of those characters bisexual, cool, great. But the thing that really kind of makes messes me up with that is like you know there was a whole run of books, like uh, America uh, the America book, Iceman book. There are some other books that have gotten canceled that were already representing you know um one aspect of a, a characters who's you know whose um whose sexuality was not the normal so why do this i guess like i'm all for bisexuality because you know, whatever well we ain't got to get into that but um i don't know this seems weird and i don't know i don't know i don't know but again like i said there were there have been a lot of LGBTQ representation in camera in, in books that have been canceled. Oh, World of Wakanda, one of them. Those books could have lived if they wanted to keep doing stuff stuff like this or make another character. Why? You know, I don't know. Whatever. It's usually the character that like why couldn't Steve? Okay, if you're gonna make somebody bisexual, make it Steve Rogers. You've already made him Hydra. You know he and Bucky got a thing. Y'all know this. Y'all know this. I'm just saying they won't do that. Regardless, my rant is over. Um, like if it's a thing, it's a thing. Cool, but I don't know. That's their their choices of characters and the choices they have done with other books. Slightly dubious. All right, Marvel reveals Star Wars's secret Jedi Order and has Sith-like origins. So we, I think we've talked about this in the past. So there's a there's. Uh, we do know from the Darth Vader book that um, Jocasta knew was making a, uh, was was planning, you know, was making plans to uh, start a new Jedi Order, and she was pretty much stockpiling stuff. I haven't read Darth Vader sixteen, so I'm a little behind. But apparently, um, in the latest or in the last issue, that kind of comes out, and we do know, I do know that there is a Jedi that's so in the current. 
arc of the book, uh, Vader is on Moncala, and there was a Jedi that shows up. Uh, it's actually specifically this Jedi, if you're watching the video, that you can see in the picture. So, but apparently, um, yeah, he's also a part of the, or he may also be a part of the the new Jedi Order um, that Jocasta knew was trying to start. I don't know. I have to catch up with that book and, and see. Regardless, that stuff is out there. I thought it had implications on the, the this uh, cinematic universe, the Star Wars universe, but uh, and that could still be the case, but we don't know. Uh, Marvel's Mindstone has unlocked... Is it? Okay, well, yeah, I need to push this along. Uh, Marvel's Mindstone has unlocked an unexpected ability in Daredevil. Spoiler alert, I think it made him see again. And I, and I say again because I think this is not the first time. Well, obviously he could see using his abilities, but I think actually see. Or this is basically enhancing. No, no, it says here it returned to sight. Okay. Uh, moving right along. How long that lasts, who knows? X Men's uh, extermination clears the board while unraveling Marvel's time stream. I somehow doubt that is absolutely the case. Now, obviously, you, if you if you know um, from the past, I can't remember what event it was, but Beast brought back the young uh, original X Men team, and that started, and they were trapped here because of time stuff and. I guess extermination is uh, gonna put everything back into place. Yeah, all right. Um, especially dealing with those five that, that that came up into the thing, which uh, yeah, I guess they're all still alive. Um, but yeah, Ed Brisson and Pepe Larraz is doing this book or this event or whatever. So cool. X Men fans rejoice, I guess. And now for our Stanley uh, corner. <clears throat> Stanley writes his first real tweet. Says the others were actually weren't actually his words. So if you know, if you guys know, um, there was a Twitter account, Real Stanley, and I'm not sure if anybody knew it was actually him or not. I mean, it, the 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 tweet sounded like things he would say. So I wasn't 100 percent convinced that it was him, and I don't know. But nevertheless. Stanley actually got on Twitter and said, "Hey, it was actually him. That was that was someone else doing this," which is, is not unheard of in the realm of Twitter with celebrities, and even I believe in the comic book space because I think um, Brian Stelfreeze's account is being run by somebody else. So, yeah, but yeah, Stanley has wrested control of his Twitter account, and he uh, tweeted out the other day uh, saying, "Today is my first real first day I've ever." Tw- did a tweet myself before today my account was done by others i still don't have control of my facebook someone else is doing it not me so there is that and in also related news in this stanley moment uh he thanks fans in his first ever twitter video so yeah he learned how to do twitter video so watch out folks and matter of fact he asked how to post a video on twitter and i guess he got answered in droves and droves because as twitter is wont to do and he comes out with a video thanking Twitter by saying, uh, well, he posted a video and says, thank you, Twitter. I finally learned how to post a video. Thanks to you guys. And I believe in either in the video or it might have been one of the posts uh, after he 
after he um, made that first choice that I, short that I'm in about, who's like, like you guys are basically saying, like, hey, you guys are going to, you know, are the ones I trust to take care of me now or something like that. Um, something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but he has the print. He says in the video, hey, true believers, I just want to tell you I love your comments on Twitter. Uh, I don't know how much I've been missing now that I see them. And I just want you to know that I appreciate everything you do, you say and do. Probably not everything, but you know. I love you all and let's keep up this relationship. Excelsior! Uh, you know, I had to add that in there myself. So, yeah. That's so Stanley is actually is actually actually treating from the real Stanley account account. Let that sink in. Still in Stanley news, um, Stan Lee files one billion dollar lawsuit against Pow Entertainment, the company that he co-founded, mind you, for quote unquote stealing his name and likeness. So, you know, Stanley's been in the news for a couple of different, I mean, has been in the company news for a couple of different things lately. This is just amongst the latest. Um, there was also a counter, um, a counter to that in that POW Entertainment responds to Stan Lee's uh, lawsuit by report. Uh, that's coming off of... Uh, Newsarama, uh, Hollywood Reporter via Newsarama. So, uh, the, the statement reads from Powell, the allegations are completely without merit, in particular the notion that Mr. Lee did not knowingly grant Powell, I, I kind of want to say Powell, exclusive rights to his uh, creative works or his identity is so preposterous that we have to wonder whether Mr. Lee is personally behind this lawsuit. There's no question Mr. Lee, who along with his daughter was and remains a substantial POW shareholder. Clearly uh, understood the terms of the agreement he signed. The evidence, which includes Mr. Lee's subsequent statements and conduct, is overwhelming, and we look forward to presenting it in court. They're basically just like saying, like, huh, you, it's a lie, and we got, we got receipts. I guess that's what they're trying to say. Unfortunately, tonight we do not have uh, our legal correspondent, so we can't, you know, see what he thinks about this. Maybe next week we'll bring it back up because I'm pretty sure it'll still be going on by then. Um, let's see, Star Wars Celebration jumps to Chicago in 2019, so save up your pennies, folks. Yeah, those who, I kind of want to go to Celebration one day. I'm not even gonna lie, that that seemed like a big, big brash mess, but I kind of want to do it. Excuse me. Uh, Lucasfilm and Reese Pop Star Wars Celebration returns in 2019. Wait, where is it? Wait, hold on. I'm sorry, y'all. Fact checking doing um, some podcast. I hear it's the devil. Uh, oh, okay. So they're not having a celebration this year. Um, if that's right. Wait. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe that's the case. So looks like celebration is maybe skipping a year and coming back next year, which is weird because they usually have news. And I guess since Solo's coming out right now and the next uh, episode, and I don't even know when episode nine is coming out, but that's probably be the only reason why they would be doing something like that. I'm speculating. Don't don't at me on that. Uh, but anyway, April 11th through the 15th, 2019, inside Chicago's McCormick Place, the same convention center as Reed Pop C2E2 is happening. Um, oh, C2E2 is two weeks prior to this. So 
I guess good on that place. And then again, I guess it is repop, so whatever. Uh, tickets for Celebration 2019 are scheduled to go on sale June 5th at 12 p.m. CST at StarWarsCelebration.com. Once again, get your pennies if you want to go. So I'm trying to remember. This is always confusing. There's Celebration and there's D. I think, um, so, well, D is the repop one, and I think, I mean, sorry, Celebration is the is the, the repop one. D is the fan one that happens in, like, Orlando um, every year. I'm assuming that's still going on. Um, and I think that, folks, is that, actually. Uh, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, we're still getting some solicitations from June 18th. Uh, for June 2018, but all the, the bigger ones are already out. Oh, there is actually one more piece of news that I wanted to put on here, and I apologize for uh, not getting this earlier. And if you paid any attention to my Twitter account, uh, that's Roddy Cat on Twitter, or News Nerds Need, you might have seen something about this. And that is Free Comic Book Day 2018 offerings on Comicsology. So yeah, there's a bunch of Free Comic Book Day books. Uh, May, May 5th was, was Free Comic Book Day, and they usually give out a bunch of books that the local comic book establishments have to buy um, and, and sell on that day. Mm. Or not sales commute, they buy and give away on that day in hopes that, you know, people come in, shop around a little bit in, in addition to getting those books, as opposed to some people going in and just getting those books and dipping. Uh, but some of those books are on Comixology at, um, uh, have shown up. I think Wednesday was most of the stuff, although some of the stuff's been kind of coming out. Like the DC Superhero Girls book has been out since the day of New Comic Books Day. The two Marvel books. Uh, that's the Amazing Spider-Man and the the Avengers slash Captain America one has been out for a few days now, and then there's a few more that have that's come out this past Wednesday, including the Adventure Time Shadow Man, um, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Shadow Grid one. If anybody wants to check that one out, and uh, World's Greatest Comic Books, and yeah, so those are out there. There's a, there's an article about that on theclicknation.com. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. If you want to check that out. Um, and that actually is the end of the news. And I am going to pop back to my ugly face real quick to do an ad. Um, in fact, I'm not going to pop back to my, my ugly face right now to do an ad because the ad I'm going to do. Oh, geez. Nope. Actually, I will because I just remember what I can't do. And that is going to be an ad for Funko, your home for exclusive collectibles, apparel and brand merchandise. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles podcast can enjoy 10% off of your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. That is Funko.com. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. Uh, when you get to the checkout, check out, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And you lovely folks, on that end, uh, we are at the end of this here combo Chronicles. We will be back next week. I, I think we will. I'm pretty certain we will. Uh, we may be on movie protocol. I do not know how many of us are going to see Solo, a Star Wars movie. I am one of them because I have a 7 o'clock. 
Um, but I'm not sure. Well, I can pretty safely say Dart won't because he never does. But uh, so I don't know if any of the other guys are going to see Solo and and or and are going to be on the show regardless. But stay tuned to our individual Twitter accounts and we will put that out. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can also find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can also find uh, well, I got a Reddit News News Need got a Reddit rather, and you can go check that out. I don't normally do a lot of oh, there's some comic stuff I put in there every now and then, but regardless, you can go to those places. You can also go to CB Caps on Instagram, where I um, tweet out or Instagram comic panels that I enjoy. Sometimes I'm a little behind the thing. Sometimes I'm kind of on top of it. Regardless, good stuff. Go check it out. Uh, you can find PCN underscore Dirt at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. You can also find him at Pop Culture Net on Twitter. You can also find him at PopCultureNetwork.com. That is his site uh, where he, if the name doesn't tell you what that's about, I don't know what to tell you on that one. He also has a, a, another splendid site on top of that, which is um, a sub a sub, a sub um, site of that called I Need Comics, which is, you know, if you like comics, you need comics. He needs comics. That's why he did that site. Bye, y'all. Uh, Tim Dog 98 You can find him at Tim D-O-G-G-98 on Twitter. You can also find him at the Click Nation on Twitter. And, the, the, of course, the CB Cron Twitter, um, Twitter account. You can also find him at theclicknation.com. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Um, for some of the stuff, you can also find him on CBR because, you know, some of the stuff that's... Hey, I do the news. Sometimes I throw some of his stuff in there. Don't have to. I just do it anyway. Good stuff. But go check him out there. Go read the stuff, y'all. Um, you can also find Agent underscore 70 at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. You can also find him on Instagram at Agent underscore 70. And boy, my read Richard starter kit is really looking bad. Um, but that is it, folks. You can also find this podcast on the CSPN.us. You can go check the, out this podcast and other fine podcasts on that site. And you know, have a good time because there's a lot of good stuff on there. On there, you know, go bad and boozy. Uh, beer it is. I'm not suggesting you know alcohol for the kiddies or anything, but I'm just saying for the, for the adults in the audience who like a little spirits. Um, you know, classic team up the the slew of wrestling shows they have over there, and um, yeah, good stuff. Go check it out. Uh, but you can subscribe to this podcast on Google Play. You can also go to Apple. Uh, podcast, aka iTunes, and get us there. SoundCloud on on the Close Liver channel. You can go check us out there. Um, we may have. I need to see about the fact of whether or whether or we're on iHeartRadio, but um, check there anyway, or check another place. Just like Dirt said earlier, you can go check. You know, go check the name. We're probably out there somewhere for a podcast. Subscribe to us, please. Like, subscribe, all that kind of. Jazz, whatever, smash that like button. Uh, shop.cspn.us for merch, folks. You know, help us, you know, keep this uh, find that fine site running strong and some get some nice stuff, you know, embrazened with the uh, comic book chronicles logo or you know, one of the other podcasts. You, know, you could do that too, but you know, comic book chronicles, come on, good stuff. You've seen our logo, look good. And with that, folks, we will return next week. Uh, and if we don't, well, we will let you know. Move a call, move for call may or may not be an account. Regardless, 
check out the Twitter for that, like I said earlier. And with this has been before I forget. Because um, I was clearly about to forget that this is the Comic Chronicles, and we are out. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your-